The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This, this, this. is Talkin' Cowboys. Streaming live from the Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star in Frisco. Down. Street 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 And now your hosts, Isaiah Stanback, Nick Harris, Josh Rodriguez, and Kyle Yeomans. Belt tie snap. Prescott with plenty of time. Lops it in zone. Jake Ferguson. Covered by Jamal Adams, but it doesn't matter. Fergie into the end zone, and Dallas takes the lead in the fourth. It's a victory Friday on Talking Cowboys presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. We could say it with your chest because the Cowboys got the job done and they defeat the Seattle Seahawks 41-35, the final score from AT&T Stadium, and they improved to 9-3 on the 2023 NFL campaign. That was the first time I've heard that call back. That's only the second highlight I've heard. First call I've heard back, and it was it was weird even hearing the call. Just the fact that it was a thing. It, it, it honestly feels like a dream. But for those that that know me and know what was happening last night, I got the chance to fill in for Brad Sham and in the the Cowboys radio booth. Want to send the 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 hope and prayers for for Brad for a quick and speedy recovery. He'll be back next week against Philadelphia. I have no doubt in my mind, but. It was a bit surreal getting to hear that touchdown call from Jake Ferguson because it was a hell of a game, and I had a blast getting to call it for sure. Yeah, yeah. Walk us through it, Kyle, because I because <laughs> I found out about an hour before kickoff, and from what I know, you didn't find out much much before I did. Than you did. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, well, first. Chris Beam in the back, Josh Rodriguez, John Machota. We've got Nick Harris. I'm Kyle Yeomans. Isaiah Stanback is en route to the Pac-12 championship game with his son. Right go now. Ducks, Isaiah. <laughs> go nah, go go Dogs. Get it done for Washington and UW. That'll be a fun one. But I'll take you through it. So we we were at the stadium last night for pregame live, and we had kind of pubbed that throughout the week and talked about how we we were going to the stadium. We only go on-site for a, a number of games a year. One over the last couple of years. We've gone a couple times this year. This was the second game that we've been at the stadium. Uh, two of three total. We're on the sideline. We just got started with pregame live. 5.30 was when we kicked things off. About 20 minutes into the show, I'm looking to the to my right, and I see Derek Eagleton and Nick Eatman start to, to work their way down and kind of trickle down. And they keep kind of looking over at me and smiling oddly enough and kind of giving me like a point every now and again. And they were talking to each other, but I, I picked up on it. And I remember looking at Nick and trying to communicate without communicating because I was off camera, but we were definitely on microphone. And I was trying to communicate off camera and I couldn't understand what he was saying. I thought I was in trouble or that I said something wrong. That was the first thing. And they were going to come and be like, hey, guys, uh, you got to cool it down here or do something s- s- separate. Well, in the middle of a break, and we don't really take breaks. They're, they're sound bites, so about 45 seconds, 60 seconds. I get, a, I, get, I get approached by Nick and Derek, and they say, hey, you're up. I was like, what, what are you talking about? And he was like, you're, you're calling the game tonight. Brad was unable to make it. Uh, fell sick on the way here, and, and he's he had to turn around and, and leave the, the stadium. 
And I was like, okay, all right, let's get rolling. But I also had the rest of the pregame show to, to worry about. <laughs> so at that point, that's when kind of the adrenaline started pumping a little bit. And, of course, I, I prep or prepare for a game for pregame and postgame coverage far different than what I do for an NFL game or a play-by-play game rather i mean this is this is a look of the preparation that i would do for an nfl game so this is one sheet and it's a 11 by 17 it's two-sided and it's got pretty much every player possible on here that's not what i had to call the game last night i had this i had a flip card that they give everybody in the press box that has both rosters on it has the officials on it down at the bottom and some pronunciations there as well luckily for me i've i've called the Seattle Seahawks before. I got a chance to call them from a color analyst standpoint on the TV broadcast in the preseason. So getting up there, I just had to kind of get my bearings straight. I finally got up there about 50 minutes up until kickoff was when I I settled into the booth. And and credit to Tim Collins over at 105.3 The Fan. First thing he said, he walked in. Uh, he said, what do we? What, what do you need from us? And I was like, honestly, I just need you to print the boards that I had. So this is a smaller version of what I normally had. And they printed it out on just a, a 11 by, what is this, 11 by 17? This is not 11 by 17. 15? This is a 8 and a half by 14, a legal wow. size piece of paper. And legal? Is there an illegal size? <laughs> no. Okay, it's legal, curious. and then there's, I don't even know, tabloid, I think, is the big one. Okay, was- but... Uh, <laughs> But they, they printed it off and, and got me a water. That was the other thing. I was like, I just really need a water right now, too. Um, got a chance to sit down and, and talked it over with our spotter, stats guy, and, and Babe Loffenberg, and got to call the game last night. It was a lot of fun. Had a blast doing it. And it was a, uh, it was a whirlwind of a moment because you don't normally get to make your NFL play-by-play debut on about mm, – what is that an hour's notice hour 20 minutes notice but got it done and had a blast doing it so, so freaking proud of you dude. congratulations that so awesome. that's that's, that's so amazing awesome. and the, the calls that i heard were were astounding like good really really killed it thanks man i i, I had a blast once i kind of settled in it took me about a half a quarter couple drives to really be there and have my feet planted and come down from cloud nine a little bit and call the game and uh, uh, Babe did a phenomenal job of just kind of allowing me to be myself and, and encouraging me in that regard. I'm saying, all right, like now, now the nerves are done. Just get back to what you do, and that, that was what I was able to do. And it, it had a had a, a fun broadcast to go with because that game was incredible too. At any point where you're like, are we really about to lose my first game? <laughs> uh, no. Okay. Honestly, I, just I had a hunch the whole time that I felt like they were going to get it done. I really That's did. Awesome. And the one time that I think I would have thought it is if they would have converted on the fourth and inches. And when Seattle elected to go for it just on the edge yep. of Dallas territory, and it was right there, fourth and inches, and they ran it. If they would yeah. have converted there, yeah. I might have been like, okay, all right, here we go. You're talking about that Charbonnet run that yes. DeMarcus Lawrence made that great stop. An incredible yeah. stop. Yeah. D-Law to yeah. the rescue. D-Law, uh, uh, Dono was there, too. Yep. That's the thing about this game is it had a little bit of everything in it. So I'll, I'll start things off. Any news and notes, Nick, that we have to hit? Other um, no, game? not necessarily. Again, it was, once again, a, a pretty clean game from an injuries perspective. Um, it, knock on wood. It, yeah, knock on wood. This is happening pretty frequently recently. Uh, in, in fact, I was I was talking about this um, yesterday with uh, Patrick Walker before the game and talking about Peyton Hendershot, and now he has to be activated in the next couple of days. 
um, or he'll have to stay on the IR the rest of the season. Yeah. And he, I, I couldn't remember if I asked Patrick or if he asked me, he's like, why open the 21-day practice window if you didn't have like a spot that you would try to figure out for him? And I was like, okay, maybe it's because they were expecting someone to get hurt. Not necessarily like, ah, oh, you know, let's make sure he gets I hurt. Mean, it's just like, it, it's just what happens. It's football. Yeah. In three weeks, like you most likely, especially with the way the season has gone for the Cowboys, you'd probably have a spot that would be able to open up, but it hasn't happened. So it's a good problem to have right now. These, these guys are really healthy going into Philadelphia here in 10 days, and they will have 10 days to be able to prepare three games in 12 days. They get out of it healthy. That's, that's probably the biggest thing. And then they get out three, and zero. that's probably the second biggest thing. Yeah, I would say the only other thing non-game related, uh, Jerry did give an update on Shaq Leonard after the game. At least mm. he was asked about it. So uh, he, what he said is that he doesn't know for sure where it's at right now. Um, Shaq Leonard and his represent, representative said they were going to get back uh, with the Cowboys this weekend. And Jerry said it's probably uh, you know after Philadelphia plays. Um, he said we had a great visit, and that's pretty much the way we left it. But then he was asked to follow up about you know, is Leonard's health possibly an issue with all of this? Because there had been some talk of, you know, he's coming off these back injuries and that. And he just said, that's a big question. And that's certainly, he goes, I don't want to sound like it's an issue. And it's not an issue for us to not sign him. So it's not enough of an issue that would prevent them from signing him. But obviously, there's something there. The fact that, you know, he's coming off these back issues. And um, so we'll see where that goes. Um, I don't know. I'm interested to just see how this whole thing unfolds because, you could be getting a good player that can help you right away. You could be getting somebody that all of a sudden he gets in your building and he's out there on the field and he doesn't look like the same guy that he was two, three years ago when he was just making all pro, yeah. you know, and so they're going to have to make that decision ultimately. And it goes back to what I said earlier. I'm not going to be making some hardcore judgment one way or the other of like, oh, the Eagles beat him to it or the Cowboys beat the Eagles. Like I I'm going to need to see the player on the field before I'm making those judgments about it just because of a name. Uh, you know, you got to see how the guy plays. But obviously if they're going – hard to try and sign him they obviously think highly of what he can contribute and listening back to what jerry said i i don't know maybe i'm just reading between the lines a little bit too much but it didn't sound like there was a ton of confidence yeah. there um again i'm not trying to put words in jerry's mouth but it, it didn't sound completely uh confident like yeah we're gonna get this guy yeah, you know sure, so sure. i guess we'll find out on sunday afternoon yeah he kind of backtracked a little bit on the confidence level earlier in the week he was saying yeah we're gonna have dinner we're gonna yeah. have have him in the building it's a great day and this is gonna be awesome and then yeah. all of a sudden it's like mm, we'll see how this goes we'll see we're trying to play his cards right it sounds like you know yeah, yeah. keeping it a little close to the chest and, and not trying to reveal too much yeah that's true and sometimes jerry wants to reveal a lot and other times he doesn't and maybe that's part of it's almost it. like he's a businessman it is it is like he's uh. Business, man. <laughs> All right, let's talk about this game. 41-35, one of five games in NFL history to not include a punt from either team. Only five games? In five NFL games history? in NFL history. Wow. You know Mike McCarthy's been a part of like a couple of those. I feel like he's had two or three. Nah, it's three, yeah. Three? Two yeah. of them. Two yeah. of them That's, were wild. That's wild. Two of That's them were wild. in 2014 Yeah, with that uh, Packers team that I believe went to the NFC Championship game. I believe so. Twenty. Yeah. If it was 2014, then yes. Yeah, it was the Des Catch game. Yeah, more like that Riverboat year. Mike. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 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 I like that <laughs> part of it. More but deserving of the I, title. This game had a little bit of everything. It had defensive playmakers. It had offensive playmakers. Pretty much both quarterbacks played really well, for that matter. And I think both defenses probably left yesterday saying there are, there are some holes there there to clean up. Of course, we had 120 plus yards of penalties for both teams. Overall, I mean, individually, Dallas had 122, Seattle had 130. It, it's 
It was an incredible game. It was incredibly entertaining from beginning to end. Josh, what was your number one takeaway, though? Okay, well, if you were to tell me uh, Seattle's going to score 35 points, Metcalf is going to score three touchdowns, uh, we're going to have one sack to their four. In the last eight seasons, during the Dak era, we lose that game every single time. Yeah. I think Dak is... I mean, hands down, Dak is our most valuable player. Mm. Um, I don't know if that's a league-wide situation. I'm not here for that conversation. But it is clear that he is the most valuable player to this team. Yeah, I I agree. Whenever you look at what Dak was able to do yesterday, what we talked about this week going into it was that, you know, he's he struggled against heavy zone scheme concepts uh, throughout his throughout his career. And we've even seen it a couple of times this year, whenever that's kind of reared around uh, specifically in Arizona. Um, Man, he he dominated from start to finish. It was it was an incredible effort from him. Um, He was using his mobility. He was fighting off guys. That one play where he fought off. um, I forget who it was, but it was off that right side. And he was tackled. I I, I mean, he was. I looked down at my computer, like I, because I was oh. like, okay, that play's done. And then I look you up. You could and even I, oh. hear it on my call. I was like, and Dak sacked in the. No, he broke free. Like it was, yeah. a, it was just an. I don't know if I've seen a play go that deep into a sack right before he breaks out of it, and a quarterback's able to break free and then complete a pass down the sideline. Another great thing of that play was Jalen Tolbert getting both feet in. Yeah. Because that was yeah. it was t- he was, he had about a blade of grass there, and he was able to slip in and and get it in the sideline. So impressive play all the way across the board. But that was just one of many from Dak last night. Yeah, and shout out to Jalen Tolbert as well. That was one of two impact plays that he had yesterday. Had a That's huge true. pi drawn on Tariq Woolen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe that was. Gosh, I don't even remember when that was, but I remember it being a big big play towards a scoring drive. Um, I, I I I worry a little bit about. Um, teams attacking Deron Bland moving forward um, because mm. of what happened last night. And, you know, you look at what what he did in coverage, and it was not great. Uh, he had the interception to be able to make up for it and look at the stat, stat box at the end of the day and, and be okay with that. But one of two things are about to happen over the course of the next five games. They're going to attack Deron Bland, and they're going to find some things that worked for the Seahawks uh, um, last night and um, things that worked last week as well against Deron Bland because there was some moments where he kind of faltered last week as well against uh, the commanders. And they're going to be able to continue to attack those things, the opponents. Or Deron Bland is going to be able to fix these things, correct it, they're still going to throw at him just as much, and he's going to end up with some gaudy interception numbers on the other side of this. So I mean, even in a it's going to be interesting. <laughs> even on a night where it was not Deron Bland's night, and it yeah. was pretty obvious early on that it was not Deron Bland's night, he still had an interception and almost ended up with two. He nearly yeah. had two. another one. Yeah, you're right. He, he, it's that whole bend but don't break thing. He is unbroken. He is unfazed. He doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't seem like he dwells on that too much. Um, granted, you know, he let up a 75 yard touchdown to DK, who's the fastest receiver in the, in the league this year, apparently. Uh, but it didn't phase him. Comes back next quarter and gets that pick. I mean, it's insane. I would make the or argument. Next I would make the argument that he did break last night and then he was able to find some super glue and just kind of put it back together a little bit. And you can still see the agree. broken, but it's, you yeah. know, it's, it's together a little bit. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my biggest takeaway is actually about the Seahawks and the way Geno Smith played because um, it's easy to just look at the one side of the ball and just look at like the team that you're covering and stuff like that. Geno Smith has not played like that all season. And uh, there were moments in that game where he was getting the ball out so quick that you weren't really allowing the pass rush to do much. And that I believe is easier said than done. And so 
yes, can you get that from going against a Jalen Hurts or if, you know, a Brock Purdy is playing well? Of course. And that's why those games will be just like this game was. You're not blowing those good teams out. So I believe when I watched that game, the way Geno Smith played so well, that's why that this was more of a game. And and I just see, like, you know, comments after the game and and, and people complaining that that it wasn't another blowout and that this isn't, you know, a team that's on those – I'm telling you, the way Geno Smith played, I don't care what team he was with, he was going to keep that team in their game. I mean, he made so many outstanding throws that sometimes you just got to tip your cap to guys. There there were plays that – you know, he threw a couple to Metcalf where I was like, yeah, Jerron Bland probably needed to be in a little bit better position. But how many corners in the league are going to be in a better position then? And they got some confidence early. But, yeah, even, you know, just in talking with Micah after the game, like he even said, there was some stuff they were doing quick game-wise that they have not seen from Seattle that much this season to have that effectiveness. And so because of that, I, I, I just think that there's a lot of people that will watch that game and be like, where was all the pressure? Where was all the pressure? Well, when you're playing at the level that Geno Smith was, I mean, and I'm not even talking about just completed passes. I'm talking about some of the pressures they got in there where he would just get the ball out. So yeah. that was an incomplete pass as opposed to just like a, a drive wrecking sack and things like that. So, I mean, there's just more to it than I, I just, you don't need to style point every win. Be happy that you got this win. The team <laughs> stepped up when, when they had to. Obviously, if you've watched the Eagles, they've had a g- lot of games like this. You're not going to blow out every everybody like that. You you should be, if you're a Cowboys fan this morning, you should be happy with the way that the team played. Was it perfect? No, but to get that win in that game the way that they did, I, I thought that was outstanding. Actually, might be the most impressive out of all these wins to me that they've had at home. I agree with yeah. you. Uh, I really do. Six points doesn't matter. Uh, st- you've had style points all year. Style points are beating teams by 20 points or more. If you don't do that against Seattle, as long as you've got a win, get out of there and, and be happy with it. Especially, like you said, Geno Smith had some magician work-like plays just to get the ball out and to avoid a sack because it happened over and over again. And then we we talked going into the week about how bad that offensive line was and how they do allow pressures and how Geno Smith was under pressure for a lot of the games this year. Even when he was under pressure, he looked cool, calm, and collected and was able to deliver really good balls. You're one turn of the right direction away for Tyler Lockett, away from another touchdown that you have to make up down the stretch for Dallas. So it doesn't mean it's the game winner and that it's over at that point, but it would have been much tougher for Dallas to make a comeback in the fourth quarter and to to salt away the game after another defensive stop. I mean, it it turns – it takes one play or the other – to completely turn the tide of a football game. Dallas lost a game like that with Philadelphia earlier in the season. They won this one this time around. Yeah, and I I think as well, whenever you look at the second half and how things played out and Cowboys having to kind of play from behind after Seattle got the double-double, which we're going to talk about, you know, taking the ball on the coin toss, but that's the next (laughs) conversation. Um, Being able to make up for it, the time of possession battle, 13 minutes more than than the Seahawks. The Cowboys had the ball. So uh, being able to have that and take that into the second half and utilize that, um, they ran the ball 20 times with Tony Pollard. That's the biggest usage I remember from him uh, at least since Arizona when he had 22 carries um, it's it ended up working out and every single player on this offense was able to be able to find a stride Uh, defensively I defensively I I need to go back and watch the film but at least for me from an initial viewing 
they were getting obliterated in man coverage. I mean, this this is a really talented receiving core whenever you, you, you're you able to get these guys going. Tyler Lockett um, at DK Metcalf obviously had a great day. The rookie Jackson Smith and Jigba, shout out Rockwell, Texas, mm. um, had an awesome day as well and had a touchdown called back that was close. Uh, these guys are athletic, they're talented, and they get off the line super fast. And we saw that, and they are man beaters, all of them. And, and whenever the Cowboys adjusted and they were trying to come back and figure out some zone concepts to work in, by that point, they were already kind of getting shredded and then Seattle was able to adjust and Geno Smith did the same exact thing so um, it's honestly a really impressive outing from the Seahawks offense and Geno Smith really stood out to me as well Um, but you know when it mattered Cowboys made two huge fourth down stops in the fourth quarter and they were able to come out with the win yeah forget style points I mean that's a really good team that's a team that's going to be in the playoffs it's going to push a playoff team you take that at the end of the day got it done 41-35 the final score when we come back let's talk about Dak Prescott again. It, the the MVP conversation is starting to heat up nationally around Dak. And Josh, you said you're not here for this conversation, but we're here for this conversation. Fair right? enough. We're going to talk about it <laughs> because he's playing at an MVP caliber level. But what would it take for him to squarely be in that conversation down the stretch and continuing to play really good teams, especially with Philadelphia coming up next week? With here, uh, with more coming on Talking Cowboys next. Todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah. Todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable. And now Todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour. But the good news is Todd has AT&T 5G that is fast, reliable, and secure. And he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew. AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Black Rifle Coffee Company serves premium coffee to people who love America. When you drink Black Rifle Coffee, you are directly supporting veterans, law enforcement, and first responders in your community. Black Rifle's expert roasters love coffee almost as much as Texas loves football, so it makes sense that America's Coffee partnered with America's team. Go online at BlackRifleCoffee.com and fuel up with the official coffee of the Dallas Cowboys. That's BlackRifleCoffee.com to fuel up today. Cowboys fans, after that move, we've just coined the term Rowdy Replay. Let's roll back the tape. Okay, there's our mascot, Rowdy, cheering on the boys. And now he's on his phone, on his Bank of America mobile banking app? Staying on top of his finances with his virtual financial assistant, Erica. Bank of America's digital tools are so impressive. Cowboys fans just can't stop banking. Learn more at BankofAmerica.com slash can't stop banking. Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app only available on select mobile devices message and data rates may apply member fdic welcome back into dear doctor the show where i answer life's questions with an ice cold can of dr pepper sheila let's hear from our next caller would you dear doctor my friend supported me during a tough time but what's the right gift that says thanks for being a soldier to cry on okay this one's easy i say give her a delicious dr pepper nothing says thanks girl better than a -a one-of-a-kind soda Yes, any Dr. Pepper flavor will do. Now, just a reminder that I don't need to be a real doctor to know that Dr. Pepper is the one you deserve. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. 
Back to Talking Cowboys. Dak under center, followed by Lipke and Pollard. He fakes it to Pollard, steps up, throws back of the end zone. There's C.D. Lamb, tumbling, but he gets both feet down. Touchdown, Cowboys, and they retake the lead in the first. First touchdown of the day for Dak Prescott. He finished with three in the air, no interceptions, 299 yards. He was 29 of 41. Shout out Chris Beam in the back for playing that early. This segment is brought to you by Invisalign, the official smile of the Dallas Cowboys. And Dak Prescott's been putting plenty of smiles on Cowboys Nation's faces lately because he continues to play at an exceptionally high level John, based, you've covered this team for the closer to a decade now? How long? 13. 13 years, yeah. so more than a decade. Goodness. Yeah. So how, how does this stretch of gameplay for Dak Prescott compare to what you've seen from him in the past? Is it the best football that he's played? Yeah, it's the best I've seen him play. Um, and I think the only thing that would even be comparable – for the Cowboys since I've covered him is there were some stretches in 2014 where Romo was um, was really good and uh, and then obviously the defense wasn't that great in 2014 but no for Dak this this stretch right here and then to do what he did last night against that Seattle team uh, yeah he continues to uh, he exceeds expectations if you take yourself back to that San Francisco game what he's done from the San Francisco game has been really impressive I don't care what teams you're playing against to not have just one game that kind of dips in these last seven. It's been, it's been pretty crazy, and I think it's totally deserving that now he is a guy that you know. I woke up this morning. It was one of the first things I did is checked what the odds were on MVP, and and he is second behind Jalen Hurts right now. Um, and I think like a week or two ago he was probably eighth, and then last week he moved up to probably fourth. I think it was tied for fourth with a couple couple other players, uh, and now he's up to second behind uh, behind Jalen Hurts. And I do think that's what it will come down to. I think the MVP race will come down to. Who wins the division, and it'll probably be that team's quarterback. No doubt about that. And, and if you think about it, so if San Francisco defeats Philly this week, Dallas would most likely control their own destiny the rest of the way. Now, there's some tiebreakers that are involved because they would both be 10-3 and three if Dallas, of course, does defeat Philadelphia next week and Philly loses to San Francisco here on Sunday. There are some tiebreakers there. I'm not sure how the order of that shakes out, where it would be since they did split the regular season series. But if Dallas wins out, you would think they would control their own destiny. If that's the case, I don't think you could find anybody else as the MVP. Because if Dallas is winning out, Dak Prescott's going to be a huge part of that against Philadelphia, Buffalo, Miami, Detroit, then Washington. He's going to need to play lights out as he has been and then continue that down the stretch in order to win that award? I think it depends on uh, the, the Philly game, really. I think even even if we don't win out, I think there's a really good chance if Dak plays as he's been playing, puts on a show against Philly, I think it's hard to argue. And, you know, Jalen Hurts has, you know, lots of touchdowns. It's, that's great. Uh, but as far as putting the team on his back, standing on business – I'd give it to Dak Prescott. Standing on business, I'd give it to Dak Prescott. (laughs) Do you think he could win the the MVP award without winning the division, though? Voters do take 
you think really? he can think do he that? Could. Just because you look at Jalen Hurts' turnovers, and it's they're up it's there. something that uh, it's kind of surprising me that he is number one in this race right now. Just because you got guys like Christian McCaffrey that are having such a huge season, um, even to attack of Iloa or Tyreek Hill, and I understand it's a QB award at the end of the day sometimes, but. Uh, I, I don't know. Tua could I, certainly throw a wrench into this whole thing. He definitely could with that left arm of his. I, um, I but I, I don't know. I, I feel like if Dak can continue this pace and he can finish out the season on this pace, and you look at the numbers at the end of the year, they're going to be staunchly different from Jalen Hurts if he's able to keep this pace at least for was well, there's five games left for the next five games or whatever. Uh, it, it'd be hard to argue it at that point, but I don't know. We'll see. And the other thing about it. San Francisco, Dallas, Seattle. Those are the next three games for Philadelphia. They've already taken down two of their tougher tests with Kansas City and Buffalo. Those are three really tough teams back-to-back-to-back. Again, the only thing after that, (laughs) New York, Arizona, New York. Giants, mm. Cardinals, Giants. So I could break down the tiebreaker really quick. Okay. So it'll it'll go towards if they have the same record at the end of the season, it'll go towards divisional record, which they would both most likely be at what is that, five, five and, and one. one. Yeah. And then it'll go to conference record, which the Cowboys have three conference losses. Uh, mm. the Eagles have zero. And so um, the Eagles would have to drop another game because okay. if it, Perfect scenario. They lose to the 49ers this weekend. They lose to the Cowboys. That's still only two. They still need that one more. So um, they're going to have to. They're going to have to have four losses at the end of the day, and the Cowboys would have to win out. It'd be super tough. I, I guess you would hope that they lose against Seattle, but that team losing three straight. Give me Tommy that, DeVito. <laughs> yeah, Tommy. Tommy honestly, yeah. Honestly, that that was. I, I think that's your best shot because you get you get them twice in three weeks, and right. you know that's a divisional opponent. It's tough to do. Uh, you know, maybe some Week 18 magic that the Commanders were able to pull off last season against the Cowboys I think that's like your best opportunity it's not the best and you got Kyler Murray too in Arizona maybe he figures some things out by then but that's that's gonna be really tough that's gonna be really tough based off of what you've seen in the past John this is a Cowboys organization that has had either they've pretty much had the division decided going into the final weeks of the regular season they haven't necessarily had it come down to the final week and even if it did it wasn't necessarily in their own control do you think it could benefit a team to go full pedal to the metal, have to win out, desperation every week to get a win, leading into the playoffs, knowing, hey, you're battle-tested, but also you might be spent to a certain extent as the regular season comes to an end? Or do you think it would benefit them win or lose the division to kind of coast into the playoffs and have a bit of a a downtime before then? Yeah, I think for this team, because I don't think they'll win the division, so just because of what... That back stretch there for for Philly. I mean, I think it's going to be a layup for them to win those last three games. I like, think so I, too. I just, yeah, I, I don't see them losing those, and so I think that'd be great would be, if yeah, they no, could get up ended. But yeah, it would make it very interesting. I just don't see that happening, and so because of that, if you're a wild card, I don't think you can just slowly back your way in. I think you have to be hot entering, and and really, that's the way I kind of look at the that Packers team that that McCarthy led to the Super Bowl in 2010. You know, they were a wild card. You know, you got to get hot at the right time and have things clicking. And so with that, I'm not sitting here saying that, hey, if you feel like, hey, maybe, you know, let's sit Tyron Smith for this game or something like that because he's dealing with a nagging whatever. You got you don't have a chance to win the division. Okay, fine. But I'm saying I don't I wouldn't pull my foot off the gas. I'm trying to keep this offense clicking and building on what it's done um, because this is still the first year of Mike McCarthy calling plays. So I don't think it would be good for them to take their their foot off the gas if they are all of a sudden like oh well we're not going to catch them now these last two weeks let's just rest everybody I don't and I don't see them doing that no. they could have done that against Washington last year if they really wanted to you know I mean there was still a chance for them to win the division but it was a pretty 
you know, small chance. So I don't I don't see Mike McCarthy doing that either, though, to be honest with you. Yeah. You would need you, – in order for the script to flip, you would really need Philadelphia just to lose these next three. Lose to San Francisco on Sunday. Of course, the Cowboys, you got to get a win next week. That's that's step one regardless. Well, if we're being honest, I mean, that's if they stay healthy. I mean, they, if, if you lost some players, I yeah. mean, if you watch Philly – they're not the same team without Lane Johnson. If, no. I mean, you just talk, obviously they're not the same team without Jalen Hurts, but you lose Lane Johnson or one of those offensive linemen who have been dealing with injuries, and all of a sudden they got to sit one of those guys because they want to keep them healthy for the playoffs and stuff. Stuff could change there, but I'm saying if they're lining up <clears throat> with their best guys, I just don't see how. Like, I look at it as if that if, if we're talking both these teams stay as healthy as they are right now, I, I kind of look at it like Philly's basement is 13 wins, where I see Dallas's ceiling being 13 wins. It's... It's tough. It's one of those things where the division may already be decided, but they they got to play the games. We got to keep going. Got to play the, the games, through. and I think at this point, if you're worried about that, I, I I don't think there really is a lot of need to worry. This team is playing really well, and if they want to win a championship, they got to win those games. I mean, it's it's home or away. Yeah, like I believe in this team. Uh, that's kind of Homer speak, but. Uh, you got to win those games wherever they are. Yeah. The, the reason the division thing stands out so much this year, especially in the time I've covered the team, is just this team's so good at home. Yeah, And we of haven't course. seen that for a, a long time where they've just been this dominant at home. I mean, long time. You haven't seen this. This is the only time it's ever been like this at AT&T Stadium since they moved in. This. I mean, this is clearly the best they've played at home. So that's the part that really stands out. There's been years in the past where you're just like, no, they're playing hot at the right time. Just get out there. If you have to win in Green Bay, so be it or whatever. But they... And I'm not saying they can't do that stuff this year. I'm not saying they can't go to Philly, wherever, and still win, especially if they're playing well. But just this year, they've created such a home field advantage that, like, you watch that game last night, and you're just kind of like, I could see this going the other way if it's at Seattle. Yep. But just the way that you, how they've played at home, you just, like to Kyle's point earlier, where you just always kind of felt like, even when it got tight, like, they're going to make a play here. They're going to make a player because they've played so damn good at home. Yeah, that was something that kind of popped in my mind during the game yesterday, too. It's just like, it's, I don't feel like this home streak is about to end. If they were a yeah. looming field, I'd maybe feel a little bit different. <laughs> it might have been um, a completely different feel. A quick quick last note as, as far as, you know, tiebreakers and, and how it'll kind of work out. At I'm the impressed end of the season. that you have all this stuff. This I know, is good. It's pretty good. <laughs> um, that, that Arizona game is, we said it when it happened. Uh, I, I think hmm. we kind of knew, but that loss to Arizona is going to be a killer. Like, that's, yeah. that's, that's going to be, honestly, the, uh, that's going to be the, uh, what is it, the, the, the fork in the steak? Well, I don't know what they're, not I don't know. I'm the tired. Fork and the fork steak. Knife. Well, whatever. Yeah, go for it, man. We know where you're fork going. Fork and the steak. <laughs> nail in the coffin. Let's go there. I think that's going to be kind of the nail in the coffin as far as going towards um, and trying to win this division. That's going to be the thing that hurts. And that's a fork and the that's steak. Tough. Fork and the steak. Can that be the name of the episode today? I don't know if that would work. <laughs> I don't know. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to workshop that one a little bit. Fork in the stick. Oh goodness! All right. When we come back, it's time to update the pickup standings. Plus, you can be a part of our pickup as well. Eight 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 five five two two nine seven. We'll update the standings and we'll give some smelly stickers at the same time. It's going to be a jam packed final segment. When we, we come back here on Talking Cowboys.
They say champions are remembered, but legends are never forgotten. United Ag and Turf offers a winning lineup of John Deere equipment built to tackle any challenge on and off the field. Legendary John Deere tractors, combines, residential mowers, commercial mowers, compact construction equipment, gator utility vehicles, and a full line of golf and sports turf equipment. United Ag and Turf, the official Ag and Turf equipment supplier of the Dallas Cowboys. Visit unitedagandturf.com to find a location near you. Are you ready to take coffee off your grocery list forever? Black Rifle Coffee Club is here to help. As a coffee club member, you'll get your favorite coffees roasted, packaged, and shipped to your door free of charge on your preferred schedule. Set it, forget it, and never run low on coffee again. Members also get exclusive deals on coffee, products, and discounts from partner brands. Ease your mind and let Black Rifle worry about your coffee supply. Go to BlackRifleCoffee.com to join the coffee club today. It's the official men's skincare brand of the Dallas Cowboys, Jack Black. And right now, Cowboys fans can get 15% off their $75 order. Plus, because every deal needs a playmaker, your order will include a free five-piece skincare set and free shipping. The Jack Black Playmaker is four of Jack's favorites and a full-sized intense therapy lip balm. Make a play for the playmaker at GetJackBlack.com slash Cowboys with the code CowboysVIP. That's GetJackBlack.com black.com slash cowboys with the code cowboys vip todd thought it would be secure to jog in the cheetah savannah todd believed the big cat repellent he bought online was reliable and now todd is trying to be faster than this cheetah that can run 80 miles per hour but the good news is todd has at&t 5g that is fast reliable and secure and he learned the best thing to do is stop running and toss her the backpack with the beef stew at&t 5g fast reliable secure it's not complicated 5G requires compatible plan and device. 5G may not be available in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Back to Talking Cowboys. Back here on Talking Cowboys, presented by Black Rifle Coffee Company. This portion of the show is brought to you by Quaker Oats, a super-trusted superfood. Quaker Oats, the official oatmeal sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. Back here with the John Machota, Josh Rodriguez, Nick Harris. I'm Kyle Yeomans with Chris Beam in the back. Give us a call, 888-855-2297 to be our guest picker in a number of moments. Let's do smelly stickers first, and then we'll... Call some uh, oh boy! Call some games this gosh, week. Gosh, I gotta go first this week. Okay. Yeah, Nick Harris, get uh, started. There was a gosh, there was so much to take away. Um, <laughs> gosh, there's so many different phenomenal stickers to choose from. So many. Okay, I'm just gonna be super lame here. I'm pretty sure Isaiah has used this same exact <laughs> phrase before. Um, okay, so uh, we got a, we got a peach here. Second week in a row that I'm using a peach because. Um, Dak Prescott was kicking some butt. <laughs> there we go. Good so one. I'm just going to throw it in. <laughs> Super easy. I'm just going to take wow. that one to the bank. Yes, and, man. Yeah, let's go. Fork in the Fork in the Fork in the steak. Fork in the steak. I wish there was a fork here. I do, too. Yeah. Wish, I wish there was yeah. a fork as well. <clears throat> All right. Try and top that. <laughs> Good. Um, 
I mean, Dak's the obvious one for sure. I just I'm terrible at matching these up with the player, but uh, which one of these would you say is the oldest? Ooh. The oldest. That yeah. kiwi looks pretty gross. Okay. Well, Whoa. Is that a kiwi? No, that's a papaya. <laughs> Just because it's that. old doesn't mean it's gross. I think it's a papaya. Is it? Okay, yeah, that's which, definitely not a which kiwi. One of these the older, like, the papaya, Which one the of these looks like a, a savvy veteran? Um, <laughs> so this isn't, just for, this isn't just for this game, but just the way Demarcus Lawrence has played this whole nice. season. Like, I just... Uh, He's really, he's, I don't know, he's really exceeded my expectations. I thought I thought he would be really good this year, but I thought it would be one of those things where almost a little bit like Tyron where you are you don't know from week to week because, you know, as you get up there in age, you're dealing with, like, different nagging injuries. He's had foot issues in the past, stuff like that. That fourth, fourth down stop, yeah. Now, obviously, they had the three big stops. Yeah. You know, they couldn't get off the field, and then all of a sudden when they needed it most, and, and he's just been such a huge part of it. So I'm going to give him this pineapple with these sunglasses on. Cause <laughs> And I think I think he'd be happy with that pick right there. So I, I just think it. it's the best thing. Like John Machota is a very serious journalist. Oh yeah, and we have him on talking pod. Like, which of these pineapples is a seasoned vet? Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, John. No, you're I good. Love it. You're good. I'm terrible with this sticker picking thing. John, sticker picking thing. <laughs> so I'm gonna give him this pineapple wearing son. Oh, I always go with whatever one I like the most. I... All right, I'll put some thought oh, into this man. one. That was awesome. I got a piece of hard candy. Okay. Because I'm giving that to Jake the Snake Ferguson. Mm. I I mean, he had, there was so much jawing going on last night, and Jake was in the middle of it all. Uh, I don't know how you can't give it to to Jake. I mean, he he was killing it. And I just love it, man. He just has an attitude. Goes out there, John with Jamal Adams. I mean, come on. That was, that was great back and forth with them, but man. When Diggs laid a really good hit on him, Quandry Diggs. Yep. And the way that he just got up and it was like, how can I get in this guy's face without getting a penalty? It was mm-hmm. like, oh, well, you'll just be in my way as I signal first down and just like walked right through him. Like it was just, I don't know, it was a very crafty way to like yeah, celebrate was... without getting a, a flag for it. But yeah, you could tell him and him and Jamal Adams were drawing quite a bit. In that, had, that one had me and Babe laughing in the booth uh, because I, I got up calling. I was like, I was like, Ferguson with the first down, and he signals it right in front of Quandre yeah. Diggs and like, tried to Diggs walk right takes exception. And yeah. so I, then I started calling the scuffle yeah. <laughs> to a certain extent, and Babe was just laughing the whole time. Yeah. Like it was it was a funny exchange. But Jamal Adams was chirping from minute one yeah. to the very final second. I mean, right. he, he wants to be chirp. here so bad. Right. <laughs> his <laughs> chirp <laughs> level was. <laughs> Judging, oh. judging by what I heard after the game, it <coughs> continued well throughout their locker room availability. Did it? Yeah. Wow. Oh, I'm going to have to check that yeah, out. I'm going to go I back and look at the notes. <laughs> you remember when, when Dallas won in Jamal Adams? Mm. Couldn't be me. All right. This is a macaroon. <laughs> macaron. <laughs> Whatever it is. I'm going to say it looks it's like, like... you're not French at all, dude. I'm not, dude. Uh, I'm going to say it looks like a burger, though. Okay. 40 burgers have become the norm. Four out of the last five wins for the Dallas Cowboys have come with 40 points or more on the board. 41 points put up by Mike McCarthy as the play caller. Dak said it last night. They're starting to find a way to call this game, and they've been able to attack the game plan with an utmost confidence that they did not have maybe early in the season. This one's for you, Mike McCarthy. Got it done as the play caller. And then really the entire offense getting the job done. There were times in the season when we looked at this offense and said they aren't good enough to win you football games. 
they won you a football game last night on a bad night yep. for the defense. And that's something that I think is actually encouraging for Cowboys fans. If they want to start running the table, if they want to win these last five games, you may not have both the offense and defense playing their best games of the year. You need one or the other to step up in a big way. Last night it was the offense that stepped up in a big way. So that's my smelly sticker this time around. All right, let's pick some games. We have Abe in Las Vegas on the line. Abe, what's going on? Good morning, fellas. Just uh, want to give a shout-out to Isaiah for not blocking my number. <laughs> <laughs> why, why, would, why would he block your number? Because I'm the same guy that went on the feet of last guy and called earlier this season as well. Ah, okay. Okay, <laughs> yes, yeah. Sir. Didn't block the number. We're going to see if you can keep up that hot streak here uh, in week 13. Yeah, he, uh, he couldn't face you today, though. He knew you were coming in. That's what it was. <laughs> He's like, you know, I can't. I can't okay. face that. Just for him, go dogs this, this time. Hey, just this time, though. Just this time. <laughs> you, you might as well try and hit him up because he's heading your way this time because you're in Las Vegas. That's true. That's true. Hey, yeah. he, he can come over and hit a beauty up, bros. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I'll make sure that he knows that the invite is open. All right. Everybody went three and three last week except for Nick Harris. Oh, God. He yeah. went two and four. Yeah, it was a bad week last yeah, week. Yeah, it was a rough week. Uh, Nick and John are currently tied at 39 and 27. Isaiah is still two games below you guys in final uh, positioning there. Uh, I am in the lead currently, 46-20 and 20 overall, followed by the fans who are 41-25. and 25. We have just five games to pick. We already picked the Cowboys game, and of course we all picked the Cowboys. That's kind of how it goes, right? At least on a week like this anyways. And I'm picking them this Sunday too. You're Let's picking go. them to win again. Let's go. They're going to win the mini-buy. Like that yeah. would be like a San Francisco win is what that ends up being. How do you win the mini-buy? You, you, you get some help from San Fran yeah. is what ends up happening there. All right. Broncos at Texans. This one getting started at noon. Broncos on an absolute heater. C.J. Stroud and company still playing good football, but Nick, We'll let you start it off. Yeah, Broncos have won five straight. They've beaten Kansas City. They've beaten Buffalo. They've beaten Cleveland by double digits. I I'm I love C.J. Stroud and what he's put together. Texans are becoming one of my favorite teams to watch in the league. But I'm going to take the Broncos here. Ooh, I'm going to say I'm going to say Texans get a job done at home. Oh man, I keep picking against the Broncos. You know what? I'm going to flip it. I keep picking against the Broncos, and they continue to prove me wrong. Give me Denver to win it on the road. I'm going with Houston only because I want to see more of this C.J. Stroud. And what's your boy's name? The Tank Dell. Tank Dell. Tank Dell. I want to see more of yeah. this relationship build on the field, man. I, I'm going with the Texans. In this Noah one. Brown, Dalton Schultz, a couple of those, those guys. Who too? are those guys? I don't know. I think Noah Brown's out. Is he? They're injured. Still, still uh, done. But they're, they're both injured. Thanks, Beam. Uh, John. Yeah, the Houston story is great, and they are at home. But I don't know, man. This this Denver run that they're on. Sean Payton, it's tough to pick against them. Give me the Broncos. Uh, Abe? Yeah, I'm going to have to go with the Broncos as well. I think uh, Sean Payton's kind of figured things out a little bit. He's he's getting on a roll. And I think once he gets that going, it's a little hard to stop him. All right, so Josh on an island on that Let's go. Taking the Houston Texans. I like like Tank Dell. Falcons at the Jets. This is not a fun-looking matchup, but it might be an even-looking matchup. Is Aaron Rodgers playing in this one? (laughs) He's activated for his 21-day return window, which is crazy in its own right. In Madden, yeah, exactly, in Madden, Abe. Abe, we'll let you start this one off. Falcons at Jets. Um, um, Let's go with the Falcons on this one on Snooze Fest. All right. 
So the Jets are figuring out their quarterback situation, or at least attempting to. Tim Boyle is is going to be making his second start. Mm. I it, it's it's so hard to pick teams that have the quarterback situation like this one, and especially with the, with the way the Jets have been playing this year. But it's the Atlanta Falcons, and they find ways to lose games like this. So I'm taking the Jets. <laughs> J E T S. John. Yeah, I have no faith in the Falcons. I just I don't. Yeah, give me the Jets. I'm not, not that I have a lot of faith in them either. This is an awful matchup, but yeah, give me the Jets. Well, I'm not even ranked, so I need to make up some ground here. I'm Gotta going, make up some going ground. with the Falcons. Going with the Falcons. <laughs> I'm going to go with you. I'm going to take Atlanta on the road to get it done against the Jets. All right, the Browns at the Rams. Browns currently 7-4, and four, still playing, of course, without Deshaun Watson, Nick Chubb, and company, but the Rams at home at SoFi Stadium. What do you think, Josh? Uh... That's tough. That's tough. Love the Browns' defense, um, and I picked against them last time, and I was proven wrong. But the Browns always seem to pull it out. Okay. Right, right when you don't want them to. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to go with the Browns. Okay. Browns get it done. Nick. <laughs> I'm going to take. Uh, I'm going to take the Rams here because of the quarterback situation going on in Cleveland. Two touchdowns to just nine interceptions uh, for the backup quarterbacks in Cleveland so far this year. So until they can figure that out, I'm taking uh, their opponents to give me the Rams. Abe. Um, I'll take the Browns on this one. John. Yeah, Ram. I'm going Rams. I like their quarterback situation better, and I hate this game almost as much as the one before it. So yeah. <laughs> just give me the home team. There's some two good gun- good games coming up here in a second. Yeah. I'll uh, I'll take the Rams to get it done at home. Uh, all right, next one is the Chiefs at the Packers. This is Sunday night football. This would have been a fun matchup if the Chiefs were playing or excuse me, if the Packers were playing well. But Jordan Love trying to figure something out along the way. Give me the Chiefs on the road to get it done at Lambeau. Nick. Yeah, I'm with you. Give me the Chiefs. I think, they, uh, I think they're going to start building some confidence here and uh, going into December. John. Yeah, I don't trust the Packers. I was stunned with what they did on Thanksgiving, but I, I don't see them running back on a Kansas City team that really needs a, needs a win. I mean, the way that they've been playing lately, that this is when I think they start getting hot. So, yeah, give me the Chiefs. Josh. Green Bay is just get just pack it in. Like, go home. Don't worry I see about what it. You did there. Yeah. Pack it in. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm going with Mahomes. Going Every with time. Mahomes and the Chiefs. Abe. Yeah, I think Mahomes goes off in this game. All right, there you go. Final game to pick this week. Of course, the Cowboys are already getting the job done on Thursday. It could be a perfect week if they get some help from their friends out west. San Francisco at Philadelphia. Eight and three. The 49ers. Taking on the 10 and 1 Philadelphia Eagles. It's the best game of the week. It'll be 325 Central Time kickoff on Sunday. Abe will let you start things off. Who you got in that one? Sorry, my phone kind of cut out there. What were the teams? 49ers at Eagles. Oof. As much as I uh, despise both of those teams, I, we need some help from. Uh from the Niners this weekend, so I'm, I'm going to have to go with the Niners. Yeah, I feel like this might just be the bubble guts game for Cowboys fans yeah. across the board. Neither team really a fun team to look for, but you got to you got to root for somebody to get a win. Abe, thanks so much for the call. We appreciate your support as always. Good luck on the picks, and we'll talk to you again soon. All right, gentlemen, have a good weekend. There he goes. Abe in Las Vegas, site of where Isaiah Stanback's headed for the yes, Pac-12 championship game. All right, Niners, Eagles. Nick. Hey, Siri, flip a coin. <laughs> it's heads it's gonna go niners niners okay. on the road get it done all right i'm so confident it's that that type of game yep that type of game i think the niners do get it done the eagles have been on the brink of lo- a loss for quite some time they've they've 
lucked out but finished at the same time. You got to give a credit to a team that's ten and one. They're ten and one for a reason. They have finished games and other teams haven't. And I think the 49ers are good enough to finish a game against the Eagles, even on the road in the link. So give me the Niners to get it done. All right. I have a quick story. Just really, really fast. Go for it. Quick 15 minutes. But uh, <laughs> the first uh, San Francisco playoff game here, I mean, you know, my first San Francisco playoff game here, uh, I was sitting right behind E-40, who is a famous rapper. and. Wow. Uh, Big fan of the uh, San Francisco 49ers. And, uh, did he talk like this? And did he talk yeah. to you all <laughs> He did. Uh, but whenever they, whenever they won, he was like on his story like, oh, we won. And I'm in the back oh, of the story. Oh, we won. Like, I'm sorry. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> we won. Oh, my God. Uh, I was in the back uh, background of his story kind of looking like this. I won't look, look, look like that this week because the 49ers are going to pull it out against the Eagles. Uh, I hope E-40 has a great weekend. Do you have that video somewhere? Saying. I didn't. I think I screenshotted it, but I didn't take the, the like yeah, a video a screenshot record or anything. <laughs> but I'm in the background, just like oh, E40, you son of a. Bee. Please leave. Yeah, like get out of my stadium, get out of man. here. <laughs> All right, John. decked out. Uh, guest picker is in Vegas. Isaiah's going to Vegas, and when I saw the line in this game, I was like, Vegas knows something. I, I did made no sense for them to be a, a three point underdog at home. So I think Vegas knows something's up on this. Give me the Niners. Yeah. What do you think would be up on it? Is it maybe Hurts? Maybe health? Lane Johnson isn't Lane as healthy. Is not I don't know. Play. But I, when I saw that line, I thought at very least it'd be a pick for the Niners to be. I'm sure that hey, they're motivated. Uh, they haven't played their best ball season, and obviously that's where their season was ended last year after Purdy got injured. But yeah. uh, I was stunned to see that line be the 49ers be a favorite on the road. So um, I'm I'm sticking with that. Give me the Niners, man. Should be a fun one. I, I'll, I'll definitely find a way to stop down and watch that one yeah. because it has so much of an impact on how the rest of this Cowboys schedule is going to look like and just what the divisional race will look like as well. This might be one of the few final shots that a team has to take down Philadelphia in the regular season, so you need them to get an opportunity to get it done. All right, we will be back on Tuesday. Did no you show it? Monday. Did what you pick it? the game? Yeah, I picked 49ers. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, pick Niners, fool. Uh, fool? We will be back on Tuesday. No show Monday. We've got hospital visits to take care of. And so really cool day for for the Cowboys. Everybody packs into the buses and goes across the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex to multiple hospitals and gets to visit with uh, sick and injured children. Really a, a cool day across the board. So we will not be here for that one on Monday, but we'll be back Tuesday, 9 a.m., to talk about the Eagles matchup and hopefully what could be a fight for the division at AT&T Stadium next Sunday. Special shout-out to Isaiah. Hopefully his dogs get the job done today. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck to uh, Washington and, and Isaiah Stanback as well, and we'll see him on Tuesday as well. All right, that does it for us. For Chris Beam, Josh Rodriguez, John Machota, Nick Harris, I'm Kyle Yeoman saying so long from Talking Cowboys. We'll see you on Tuesday from the Star. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?